Are you hurt, Professor? Some. Ned, what about that arm? Oh, flying metal, Professor. Not bleeding much. Look back there. The debris from Captain Nemo's fantastic submarine is just coming to the surface. Oh, if that man had only used his mind for the good of science. He was a... Caption reads, get a girl that can do both. Yeah. 
I'm Amanda G. We're here for the clubhouse. We have a showcase for y'all. We have some fabulous, fabulous comics. I'm in town from New Orleans. Where, where are y'all? I'm, I'm not picking on you. I just want to know. Are you guys from here originally? Visiting? I'm from here. From here? I'm from Portland. Portland. OK. Woo! Good. I have to check in because I have jokes about other cities, so I need to make sure that they're not about your cities because uh, we want you to stay. So I, I like being in San Francisco. I haven't been here in years. I love it. I love the cold weather here. Some people don't like cold weather. The thing I don't like about cold weather is people get weird when it's cold. They have weird sayings. They say things like, it's colder than a witch's titty. That's a saying. I don't know where it comes from because as a gay woman, I have suckled many a witch's titty. <laughs> And I'm gonna assure you they're quite warm. <laughs> they're witches, that's what they do. <laughs> it's cool, I like San Francisco. Y'all have beautiful hills and weather and it's just the sun is a little bit warmer here and the sky is a little bit bluer and it's great. And I walk around San Francisco and I'm just singing, the hills are alive with the sound of me panting. I live in New Orleans and lead an unhealthy life. Your hills are very hard for me. <laughs> I like doing comedy because I get to travel to cool places like San Francisco. Um, sometimes I get to go to really shitty places, and this is why I asked this question, where you guys are from. Um, I don't care where the comics are from. Uh, no, I do. I love you guys. You're great. But is anyone from Indianapolis? Great. Don't go there. Don't be from there. <laughs> don't be born there. Don't go there. Indianapolis is a terrible place. Um, I went there. I was headlining a comedy festival out there. Terrible fucking place. Don't go. I got into Indianapolis. I get into the airport, I get into my lift, I'm on my way to my hotel, and my lift driver is just talking to me and talking to me, and I hate when lift drivers talk to me. I treat lifts like libraries. I'm just like, shh, no talking. Uh, but this lady was an older lady, and older ladies are allowed to talk in libraries, so I let her talk. She's asked, she was very nice, she was a very nice lift driver. She's asking me where I'm from, what the hell I'm doing in Indianapolis, and I realized I did have a question for her, because this is my first time there. What do you want to know when you go somewhere new? You want to know what you're going to eat, right? You go to New Orleans, you're going to eat po'boys and gumbo and jambalaya, and we have crawfish season and oysters and all this great seafood. You go to Indianapolis, what is the food of Indianapolis? I didn't know. I didn't know. So I asked my Lyft driver, born and raised, older lady, born and raised in Indianapolis, and she tells me Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> she gave me the name of a restaurant with another state's name in it as the best Indianapolis has to offer. And I didn't believe her. I didn't believe her. I didn't trust her. So I spent my whole time in Indianapolis trying all the fine food, the fine cuisine, and I did figure it out. The food of Indianapolis is Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light's the all have what she's having of Indianapolis. <laughs> it's a terrible place. I've asked that question to audience members from Indianapolis. I've asked what their food is. Uh, the first lady said corn. Uh, and the second lady just said frozen. So uh, I really do think Bud Light is the right choice there. It is one thing they don't have in Indianapolis in the state of Indiana is happy hour. Happy hour is illegal in the state of Indiana. This is true also Massachusetts and North Carolina. If you're looking for states to avoid, don't travel places. It's hard. I come from New Orleans. I am drinking on that plane. I need to know the alcohol laws. I need to know that. You don't have a happy hour, you have 24 sad hours. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I realize when I travel, I need to learn the laws of the fine states so that I know what to expect. I don't know if you know this, in Arkansas, if you're between 18 and 21 and you get caught with alcohol, you have to pay a fine then you have to write an essay about alcohol. <laughs> That's just what they call college there. <laughs> Thank you, I did tell that joke in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they did not understand it. <laughs> they did not. In Ohio, you cannot feed alcohol to a fish. 
Uh, that's a law. I don't know how the hell you do that, but you can't do that in Ohio. In Alaska, you cannot feed beer to a moose. It's very specific. You can feed vodka to a moose. You can feed whiskey to a moose. But if you feed that moose beer, you're going to jail. <laughs> that's just how it works. And you know that moose has to testify, right? You know they got to get that moose on the stand, and they're like, put your hoof on the Bible. No, no, don't scratch the Bible. Put your hoof on the Bible. And then that moose has to testify. And he's like, man, I was at the bar. I had a hard day. The wife was giving me some shit. I was minding my own business. This dude comes up. He says, let's do shots of Jameson. And I said, hell yeah. And then this cheap motherfucker bought me PBR. I had to turn him in. I know the law. I know my rights. I pay my taxes. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this. I blame the Republicans for these shitty laws. <laughs> I think I can say this in San Francisco, in New Orleans, not all the time. <laughs> I blame them for these laws. I think they're distracting us from the real things that are out there. I think they sh we should be able to uh, drink on the streets like we do in New Orleans. I really just want to blame the Republicans for things. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that, that was it on that end. I had something else there, but we're going to let that go. We got any cat ladies out there? <laughs> no, thank you for leaving your house. Thank you. I know, I know it was a tough decision. I, I'm a cat lady. The only reason I came here is because Pam let me watch her cat. Like, I can't go somewhere else without another cat. I have three cats. I have three cats. I love my little babies. I would do anything for my babies. My oldest cat needed dental work. Fucking $700 to get my cat's teeth fixed. $700 for my cat's teeth, and I fucking paid it. And my best buddy was like, isn't it only 50 to put them down? <laughs> I would never do that, guys. I'm a lesbian. Sometimes they're all I have. Sometimes they are. <laughs> they are. And thank you for shouting out, cat lady. It's always a lady when I ask that question. It is. And when I ask that question, what you need to know is anybody can be a cat lady. Perfect example, my stepdad, total cat lady. Totally okay with me calling him that. He's just happy I stopped calling him the asshole who ruined my family. <laughs> and I have told that joke to his face. <laughs> He's just happy I say stepdad in that joke and not my mother's husband. All right. Are we ready to get a show started? We have so many great comics for you guys. I am so happy that everyone came out for this show. And thank you all so much for being here. And we're going to get this started with our first guy. I just saw him at the open mic earlier, and he was so awesome. I was like, you got to stay for the fucking book show. So let's give it up for Ruben, everybody. Thank you. That's fun. That's a lie. I'm very hungry for stage time. Look at me. I'm hungry for a lot of things. <laughs> People are like, you're not that big. It's okay. How are you, only two audience members? You guys good? I think everyone else in here is a comic, yeah? Comic? Comic? No? Not comics? What's up? I'm going to talk to you guys. They're not in my sights anymore. How are you guys doing? Okay, good. I'm talking to you guys again because they just nodded. How are you? Excellent. See, they responded. Thank you. No, I uh, I had a weird childhood. You guys have weird childhoods? Uh, one guy, yeah, me! Thank you. Uh, I always wanted to be a magician when I was a kid, uh, which tracks. But no, I always wanted to be a magician. Uh, and it was cool because when I told my family, I knew I was going to be good because uh, their respect for me vanished into thin air. Uh, that's a hacky joke. I, uh, you guys have been told you look like a celebrity? Transitions. You ever been told you look like a celebrity? No? All right. You guys, anything? No? This will play well. Cool. I get told I look like a celebrity, but every time I get told that, it starts as a compliment and ends as an insult, which is cool. I've been told I look like James Franco. Well, hold on. 
if he gave up, now you see it. Yeah, she was like, mm, and the give up thing, yes. Thumbs up to give up. That's, that's my new shirt. She's going to say, thumbs up to give up with a picture of me in a noose. I, uh, <laughs> aw, comedian has depression. What a shocker. <laughs> wow, that's the first of his kind. I, uh, no, I've also been told I look like MSNBC news correspondent Rachel Maddow. <laughs> if she was ugly, which is cool. Uh, I've also, I got this one told to me at a show. I was doing a show, uh, and a woman came out to me, and I did that opening bit, and I go, ha ha, I'm ugly. But after every time I did that, this woman goes, oh, no, you're not. But she's like in the audience. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, I kind of acknowledged it. And I did the wrong thing by like, hey, what up? Uh, and she was an older woman. She's a little bit older than me. She's 45-ish. I'm being nice. And so afterwards, she comes up and she hugs me for far too long. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, you're really not unattractive. And I go, okay. And at the time, I had a very thick mustache. And she goes... I want you to ride my face, or I want to ride your mustache, fat Freddie Mercury. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I like bro patted her twice, and I just said, no thank you, Denise. Because it was my friend's mom, you guys. And she was very drunk. And like, I don't know if you've seen The Graduate, uh, which is a timely reference. It's about a young man possibly sleeping with an older woman. Uh, ends pretty sad, and I didn't want that. One person seen The Graduate, the rest of you are like, it's Dustin Hoffman. He was, you know, Dustin, he's old, whatever. I think he's been Me Too'd. What? Yeah, it does. They're sitting on the, no, no, and it's, they run away with the bra. I'll argue this till I die. Yeah, yeah, you, Warhol knows, yeah. It ends hella sad. Anyway, uh, before I got incorrectly wronged about The Graduate, uh, so I'm sitting there. Uh, and I, I do this, and she goes, oh, and I go, okay, weird. Uh, but the best one is also the worst one I've ever received. I was sitting in a sushi restaurant that was about half the size of this place and about 100 times the amount of people. So there was 100 people in there, and the audio people get it. Uh, and so I'm sitting there, and finally this, uh, this guy's looking at me like he knows me, but I do not know this man. And finally I'm like, hey, man, do we know each other? But like I said, it's very loud. It's very crowded, so it's more like, hey, man, do we know each other? And he looks at me, and he just goes, no, but you know who you look like? And I was like, oh, boy. Now I have to do the roll call. And I just go, Fat Freddie Mercury, Ugly Rachel Maddow, Ugly James Franco. And he gets upset, and he just goes, no, bro. At this point, the entire restaurant is staring at both of us because uh, two adult men are yelling at each other. And one of them looks like this. And finally he just goes, What's that rat from Charlotte's Web? Ah! <laughs> and I go, Sir, do you mean Templeton? <laughs> and he goes, Yeah, bro, you look like Templeton the rat. My best friend then stands up and goes, hey, man, you can't talk to people like that. You can't say things like that. That's messed up because he doesn't look like that rat. If anything, he looks like that sloth from Ice Age. Thank you guys so much. You have a good night. Yeah.
everybody. All right, we're going to keep this comedy train going with Tushar, everybody. Give it up. Let's make some noise. Hi, my name is Tushar. I'm from India, and I like to make friends with immigration attorneys. I got 99 problems. All of them are visa-related. A quick message for all the ladies uh, from all the Indian men. Sometimes we like to stare at you a little bit. We mean no harm, okay? That's just our way of saying let's be friends. Yeah, when you're ready, then we'll get married, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, growing up in India, I didn't get laid a whole lot. As a kid, because kids don't get laid. It's Okay, thank you. That's the best that joke has ever done. <laughs> um, moved to America like three years ago. Um, one time this American chick, she was flirting with me, right? And when an American chick flirts with you as an Indian dude, you're already in a relationship, right? Like she doesn't know this yet, but this is going the distance. Anyway, we got married recently, so thank you so much. Uh, hold for applause. <laughs> I think the best the best part about marriage um, is the green card. That's <laughs> that's the best part about this marriage. I I do think so. Like uh, I was reading this research, right? It says that in America, for some reason, only fifty percent of the marriages will last, right? And are are, are you guys married? Any of you? No. That's good because you know only fifty percent of them last. So like. Like, I have a friend, his name is Chris, right? He was complaining that his wife makes him do the dishes every day. I'm like, Chris, I don't think you should be doing the dishes, buddy. Right? Because even if you did do the dishes, there's only a 50% chance that this marriage is going to last, right? Like, who in their right mind does anything that has a 50% chance of success, right? So they're not together anymore. Uh, now, maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? Like, but my, my point is that... I think one person in the relationship does need to do the dishes. And if it's a heterosexual relationship, usually the guy, if you're the guy in a heterosexual relationship, do the fucking dishes, right? If you're a lady um, and your guy doesn't like to do the dishes, just leave him. <laughs> Instead, marry maybe like an Indian guy, you know? Like, we will do anything for a green card. Okay. How are we doing? <laughs> um... I like living here. Um, I remember landing on the San Francisco airport and I ordered coffee and the barista went like, so what kind of milk would you like, right? And I go, what are my options really? So she goes, well, we have uh, skin milk, whole milk, 1%, 2%, half and half, hazelnut, coconut, cashew nut, almond, rillac, coconut, butternut. Like back in India, we just had a cow, you know, like that. And a goat for backup. Like those were, those were our options. Uh, one time I did this joke, I went down stage and a guy goes like, Tushar, what is it like to milk a cow? And I was thinking, it's strangely erotic, no? It's uh, <laughs> like, one time I was milking a cow, I'll tell you, like I was milking the cow and then like the milk runs out, but I haven't realized it yet. And I st I've never milked a cow, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did, like back in India, I would sell street food. Um, and when I would, it was really hard. I've never sold street food. I'm just kidding. 
We have people who do that in India. They're called people who sell street food, you know? Or as we like to call them here, uh, Mexicans? Is that, is that what we call them? See, I can make that joke, because uh, my wife, she's Mexican. Uh, like the other day, I was like, bitch, where the fuck are my tacos, right? <laughs> not to her, just to myself. She was not at home when I said that. I, I just said it out loud to myself. That's, that's, that's what happened there, you know? You know, in, in an interracial relationship, it, it's fun, because you can sometimes have a bit of banter am amongst each other. We can do that, like we're, it's an interracial relationship. So sometimes when we're walking and we'll see like an Indian family, right? My wife will like point towards them and say, look, Tushar, you're extended family, right? And the other day she did that, and I was like, you know, you're gonna, like if you're gonna keep doing this, you're gonna have to make it funny. Like one of these days, you're gonna have to make me laugh with that kind of thing, right? So the other day we got locked out of our house. And I looked at her, and I'm like, baby, it looks like one of us is going to have to climb that wall. You know, it's just, it's just banter. It's just banter between two couples. Um, thank you for your feedback tonight. <laughs> um, and she was like, Tushar, I am going to climb that wall, but not because I'm Mexican, but just because I'm the man in this relationship, which... <laughs> Which she is. She is very much the man in this relationship, right? Because, like, she has a tech job and I do the dishes. Like, she definitely is the man in this relationship. So she tries to climb the wall and then she falls on her Mexican ass, right? And I walk up to her. And what I felt like saying in that moment was, like, so that didn't work out. Shall we maybe dig a tunnel? You know, like, that's what I wanted to say, but... I, I did not, I did not say that. Cause I still want to keep my green card, you know? I'm not, I can't just go around saying that kind of stuff to my wife. Um, <laughs> but I did, I did go up to her and I said, baby, look, you're Mexican, uh, you're the man in this relationship and you're really shit at climbing walls. So technically you're the worst Mexican man I have ever met. You know, like it's, like we had to call a guy to open the door and this lock picker guy, right? He also was Mexican. And he just came in two seconds, he was done. And I'm like, there's a Mexican man I can rely on, you know? That's, okay. Uh, this bit's going places. Uh, I really like this bit. I was very uh, emotionally attached to it. Um, I was thinking, I mean, this is, it's common between us. We have good banter. Um, if, you, if you think about it, uh, I guess what I'm really saying is, uh, this idea that all Mexicans are rapists. This is edgy material, by the way. This is how it works, right? <laughs> all right. So the idea that all Mexicans are rapists, that is being spread by some, some people, really hits home, right? Like in my house. Like I wake up sometimes, ma'am, at 3 a.m. in the night, and I'm totally naked, you know? In the hope that like she's going to surprise me. It never happens. Turns out all Mexicans are not rapists. <laughs> They're just not. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they suck at crime. I, so, for example, right, if you look at the city of El Paso, um, which has been in the news, uh, and not for good reasons, there's 500,000 Mexicans in the city of El Paso. It's about 80% Mexican, right? One of the safest cities in the U.S. It's the fourth most safest city in the U.S. It's safer than Sydney and uh, London and San Francisco. Turns out all Mexicans suck at crime. Like, it's just not their thing, right? Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, actually, Mexican immigration, I was reading a report by the Trump administration, is inversely proportional to crime. So the more Mexicans you put in a city, the less crime it's going to have, right? 
I guess what I'm really saying is, I think it's time to make America Mexico again. Okay. How are we doing? <laughs> um, I think that's the end of my banter for tonight. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Tushara, everybody. Let's give it up one more time, and we're going to keep those applause trains going. And we're going to welcome this guy. I met him earlier today. He had an awesome set at our mic, and I'm super excited for him to be back. And I don't know how this mic stand works. It will get taller for you. You'll make it happen because you're way taller than me. Give it up for Sean Riley, everybody. Hey, keep it going for your host. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how do you guys want me to follow racism? <laughs> you know what I love? Punching down. <laughs> Just love taking stereotypes and enforcing them. <laughs> hey, come on. I, <laughs> I know people of different races, too. <laughs> hey, guys, I know... <laughs> In fact, I probably passed a few on the street, and now I'm going to tell a bunch of jokes about them. <laughs> nah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, how are we doing in San Francisco? Are we feeling good? Yeah. Thanks. What brought you guys out here? Are you friends of comedians? Wow. Great. This is not a focus group. We don't need to know why, how you heard about. How did you hear about Mutiny Radio? <laughs> oh, no, I was joking. You don't have to. <laughs> really? Okay, but thank you. Meet up. We'll have to keep that in mind. That's a pretty interesting. Their UI is pretty shitty. Would you agree? I don't like Meetup's UI. It, maybe it's gotten better. I kind of stopped. Anyway, wow, fuck. <laughs> San Francisco niche. Uh, guys, I'm, f I'm feeling pretty good. I just graduated. I have a degree in rocket science. Uh, ladies, I am available. Um, I'm not making rocket science money. I'm making comedian money, also known as debt. Um, so you will have to support me. Um, there's, I, it's tough. It was hard because there's pretty much two careers for a rocket scientist, right? You can work for NASCAR in Florida, work on some really nice cars that go really fast, or you can make bombs. And that choice made me realize how many lives I was willing to destroy to avoid living in Florida. God, <laughs> fuck yeah, no fans of Florida. I love it. You guys been to Florida? Silence is the correct answer. Thumbs down. Um, what else? Uh, I'm an only child. Make some noise if you're an only child. Uh, awesome. U usually it's total silence, which was exactly like my childhood. Guys, my childhood was total fucking silence. I was an only child with no pets, which is pretty much the recipe for a serial killer. Uh, I don't know what my mom was thinking. She was just like, oh, let me just have one kid, put him in a room, not even buy him a fucking dog and uh, see what happens. And I'm a comedian, so clearly she fucked up somewhere. Um, I'm not a serial killer, but I dress like one. People say I look like Ted Bundy with less confidence, which I guess is true. Um, all right, too scary <laughs> for you guys. Um, I, uh, no, but I'm not a serial killer. I turned out much worse. Uh, I work in finance. Ooh, any, any, you work in finance, Patagonia? No? Okay. I'm actually just trying to network. I really, really need a job. I actually just do comedy because I think a lot of people in finance to blow off steam go to comedy shows. So <laughs> my odds have not been good, guys. Um, speaking of uh, jobs, are we on LinkedIn? You guys on LinkedIn? No? 
Why? You just... I'll tell you why, because it fucking sucks. It's a terrible, terrible platform. I, I'm, I've, whenever I go into LinkedIn, I'm like the only guy that has not gotten a job from LinkedIn. I always log into LinkedIn. I'm like, I see everyone, literally everyone I know on LinkedIn, like, just got a job at Google. Just got a job at Facebook. I'm like, really? Fucking Jared got a job at Facebook? Like, I saw that guy do blow at a college party. Now he works at Facebook. It just makes me mad, you know? You're not liking this. You don't like, do you, do you work, you have friends that work at LinkedIn? Hey, I have some feedback for your friends that work at LinkedIn. Tell them, uh, I need a job. Um, here's something. Nah, okay. Fuck that. Um, what else? I, I do drugs. I used to do drugs. Anyone do drugs? What drug? What? Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> Wait, what was the last one? Oh, that. Yeah, no, no, no. I was at, no, okay, that, that one counts. Viagra. Um, that's actually the brand name. You know the real chemical name for Viagra? Uh, Me neither. Probably doesn't matter. Um, America's weird, though, right? Isn't it weird that Amer America's one of the only countries where you can market a drug and have those drug commercials? Pretty much every other country, you just get the drug. But here, it's, it's, like, it's like advertising for Coca-Cola, you know, like, I just, I don't know why drug companies compete. It doesn't make, okay, I don't know. You guys don't know either. Um, I did drugs. I did drugs in high school. Anyone do drugs in high school? What, any, what, what did you guys do in high school? I'm not a cop. <laughs> Weed? Okay. I, uh, so I did a, a hallucinogen, okay? I, uh, I did, so here, kind of the backstory is um, I, I had a good friend named Gabe, right? Gabe had super long hair, listened to metal. Uh, he cut himself. Do we know this guy in high school? Um, he and I were best friends. We were best friends. Uh, we were also, we were polar opposites pretty much. Um, like I, people thought I was Jewish. People thought he was Christian. Um, turns out I'm, I'm an atheist and he's a Satanist. Uh, any, anyway, he comes up to me one day and he's like, hey, Sean, guess what I got from my friend? I got some acid. And I was like, oh, I've heard a lot about this drug from the Beatles. And um, I've heard good things about it from the Beatles. And he's like, Sean, do you want to do acid with me? And I was like, well, Gabe, you know, I, I appreciate the offer. Uh, I'm going to have to sleep on it because I'm not, I, I want to do my research first, right? So where does a young guy go looking for information on drugs? Yahoo Answers. Correct. So I type into Yahoo Answers. I'm like, should I do LSD? And what do you think the internet had to say about that? It was very positive, very positive reviews. They're like, but I, I wanted to be objective. I get to this one guy, his, he answered my question. His account name was Pussyslayer666. And I was like, this guy's definitely done acid. Like, I can trust him. And he says, Sean, I was your age once as well. And if you don't do LSD, I will come find you via your IP address and murder you. And I was like, I guess I'm doing LSD. Uh, anyway, I... um. I'm uh, so I go back to my friend Gabe, and uh, we're like, okay, where do you want to take this acid? And we're trying to get in the mind of a cop, right? We're like, well, we don't want to get busted. We can't do it at our houses because we're fucking 17. So we think, okay, where's the last place a cop would go to check? The park, which is like totally wrong. That's like the first place cops go to check for people doing drugs. And we go, we end up going to the park, and um, Gabe gives me the acid. I put it in my mouth. 
And then he tells me, he tells me, by the way, Sean, this isn't like real LSD from the 60s. This is some pesticide from Malaysia. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and then my mouth went numb. And then he tells me that I'm, I, I'm about to murder him. I'm literally like, I'm getting really high on this, on this fucking insane research chemical. And um, he like, he's laughing at me. Like, this guy's a sick fuck. He's like, I got you. I pray to you. And apparently the drug is called, it's called 25i N-bomb. That's the name of the, that's the chemical name for the drug. And uh, one, one quick fact about this drug, it's very funny. Um, it's a vasoconstrictor. And what that, maybe you know Latin. I didn't fucking know Latin. It means the size of your vein goes from this to this. And um, it can kill you. And I'm stoked to have not died from that drug. Um, and uh, honestly, it was pretty awesome. So I did it three more times. I've been Sean Rowley. You guys have been real great. Give it up for your host. We opened up with um, Neil Young off Zuma. All right, Sean, everybody. Thanks for bringing up LinkedIn. LinkedIn just reminded me I've been at the same job for 11 years, and the people that congratulated me were all interns that now make at least three times as much as I do. So I also don't like LinkedIn. Um, I hate that. I should just get rid of it, but my job requires that I have it because they want me to remember every year my lovely successes. We're going to keep this going. This next guy is fabulous. Give it up for Victor Trevino, everybody. Um, a lot of times they put them up in cloud sources. Keeping the theme going of uh, amateur comedians, <laughs> part uh, part time comedians, <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like I had a bad trip just listening about that drug. <laughs> also, did you not talk about it's called N bomb? N bomb. Oh, not like B O M B like. Like it might be a little, you got it, hard R, all that. <laughs> uh, I just had sex this morning, so I took a round of applause for that, yep. Smattering of applause, yeah. Uh, I don't know, if, has anybody ever had sex with an Australian? My first time having sex with an Australian. It was, it was interesting for me. It was like, uh, it's the first time I'm having sex with someone taller than me, like a pretty tall dude. It's like first time, you know, breaking that threshold for me. <laughs> She's like really tall. She's like six three and like real muscular style. Like she's a muscular lady. Uh, she had like these big brown, thick athletic legs. And it was like a little pa- it was like a little pouch right here where she'd kept her babies at. <laughs> and she had like a long tail. It was like a, these Australians, man. They're fucking something else. It was the first time, but uh, I think I'm gonna go back. <laughs> I had sex with a kangaroo this morning. Sometimes people don't, you know, connect those dots. Uh, uh, but I have that I have that problem where when I have sex that a lot of guys have. I think it's like one in five guys that have the problem where like I have a hard time like like when I have sex I have a hard time like not like getting in a group chat and like telling all my boys I just had sex. <laughs> like I think like one in five guys have that problem. Like there's there's a guy in every group chat that's like spamming emojis like the moment he comes. Uh, I have that problem. I feel like it's it's uh it's pervasive. Like I'm doing uh job interviews right now and I, I kinda feel like it's like about to come up in conversation. Like it's very close. If I have sex the morning of a job interview, like I might just bring it up. 
No, but I'm actually doing job interviews right now. I haven't got any high fives yet from having sex, but uh, I had a, a job interview. I'm, I'm in tech. Sorry about that. I'm in tech. You're in San Francisco. I understand that you don't like you don't like me very much. That's fine. I probably should have waited to the end of the set to tell you that I was in tech, but I started off the top of the set telling you I was in tech. Sorry about that. Uh, but I'm in tech, and uh, I had an interview this week. I had several interviews this week, and they, they keep asking me the same question. They keep asking me, like, why do you want to work at this company? And they, like, with a straight face, like, they think I'm going to have a good answer for that. They're like, why do you want to work at our company, Victor? I'm like, dude, you're like the third company that told me you're going to make spreadsheets better. <laughs> Like, and spreadsheets make people's lives worse. <laughs> like, I fucking want the money, dude. Like, do you want me to explain capitalism for you? Like, how far back do you want me to go to explain capitalism to you? Like, I want your fucking money, dude. Like, I, when, when I go to Jack in the Box, they don't go, hey, why do you want to eat here? I'm like, dude, you're open. <laughs> and it's like two tacos for 99 cents, dude. Like, fucking shut the fuck up, you clown, and give me my tacos. I accept... I accepted the offer. Um, <laughs> starting a job very soon for a company that's going to make spreadsheets a thing of the past. <laughs> um, yeah, I compromised. Uh, I've been fired from the two 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 tech jobs in the last year. It's not a hundred percent true. One of them, like the, they didn't get any funding, and so like you know startups as they do they they, they collapse. And the second one. They're like kind of in scandal right now. Like there was like a Forbes article published about like their CEO doing all kinds of stuff. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm actually legally obligated not to talk about it. But their CEO got into a bunch of uh, she lied about a bunch of stuff, and their workplace culture was toxic. And um, that's what I'm telling people why I got fired is <laughs> because of that. But uh, but uh, wait, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Well. Turns out I'm not a hard worker, you know? <laughs> I'm really good at the interview part. Like, I'm really good at making strong eye contact and all that. Uh, but when it comes to writing code, just pretty decent, but not very good at it. And when you have a part-time job of, as a comedian, you drink a lot of alcohol, and you're not very good at your job. Uh, and this had a punchline at some point that I just completely coasted over. <laughs> like, I mean, just fucking way past the point where you were supposed to laugh. Uh, but we're getting to the point where uh, my last CEO, I must have just really just penetrated straight to his soul when I told him I was a hard worker. Because uh, he thought I was such a hard worker that for Christmas, he's a Jewish man, but for Christmas he, he went out of his way to buy me a present. And what he did is he bought me like an ergonomic layout for my, for my workplace. Like he bought me like a little wrist pillow. It was like shaped like a baguette and like an ergonomic mouse and keyboard and all that. Motherfucker thought I worked so hard that my wrist hurt. Does that make sense? <laughs> he thought in his head, he's like, how do I buy a gift for Victor that he's going to use? And he's like, he guys, I guess he looked over at me every day, like working so hard. He thought my wrists were burning. <laughs> and just thought I was working there without a pillow. And I was just like, <laughs> wish I had a little pillow to rest my poor little wrists on. <laughs> He bought me a wrist pillow, uh, and then he, uh, he, t he, you know, like the company went under or whatever. Uh, but it's actually a good time uh, in your company's history when every when everybody's about to get liquidated because you get to ask like the the, the tough questions. To everybody like you don't have to worry about HR anymore, right? 
So uh, uh, this one lady brought a little white fluffy Pomeranian to work every day. And like, I would always like ask other people, I'd be like, why does she have that dog? Like, is it a service dog? Like, but like, what is like, what, so what's her thing? You're not supposed to ask. And so I asked her on the last day of work, I was like, hey, by the way, why do you have that service dog? And she goes, oh, I have IBS. <laughs> and then she just scurried into the bathroom with her dog. <laughs> and so I just had like so many more questions. <laughs> so maybe like I'll just ask you guys, like what do you think that dog's doing for her? <laughs> like it, the dog went into the bathroom with her. She has IBS. I think it's a bidet. <laughs> I think it's a mobile bidet. Dogs lick butts. It's a all white. You maybe I mean butt wiping technology is actually not that advanced right now. Like we're still just using like rice paper and skin that work. You know, like if I got uh, poop on this sweater, my ass is hairy. It has hair on it. And that's a, a TMI, but it has hair. If I got poop on this sweater, I'm not gonna just take a piece of paper and just fucking rub it, <laughs> and just start looking at the paper and be like, yeah, it's still yellow. I'm gonna keep rubbing. And then it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's just only tinted yellow. Now I'm, gonna, I'm done, right? <laughs> done cleaning this poop off my sweater. But I think that dog is licking her butt. I think it's a mobile bidet. Um, <laughs> we had a uh, bidet that uh, dispensed LaCroix at my work. It was very nice. It was <laughs> it's, a it's a tech company, so <laughs> it's like another, you know, kind of workplace. You know what I'm talking about. Google, they have, uh, <laughs> they have LaCroix bidets at Google. You can, like, change the flavors. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, these tech companies, dude, they fucking have next level shit. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm like trying to get back into, you know, in a hardworking space mentally. So I've been reading a lot of books on like, you know, like how to become more productive and, you know, like how to make use of your time. I read this book called like The Power of Habit. Uh, I read a book called uh, Your Brain at Work. I don't know if you know. It's like all about all about like training your brain. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to think like none of them are actually telling the truth. Like they're all fucking bullshit. Because, you know, like, there's not even a footnote about Adderall. Like, the, none of the books <laughs> mention Adderall. You think there would be at least be a chapter. Like, if I wrote a book on, like, how to become more, more productive, it would just be a pamphlet. And it would just be how to get Adderall. <laughs> Steps one, two, three. The first step would be, like, where to get Adderall. <laughs> the second step would be, like, what is palm sweat? How do you deal with it? <laughs> the third one would be, like, dude, you're killing it right now. You should try cocaine. <laughs> that's, my that's my next book. Should read my next pamphlet is where to get cocaine. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about food for a little bit. Um, I just recently learned that poutine is actually not the French word for pussy. <laughs> Turns out it just means fries with gravy on it. <laughs> Who knew? The differences between the two is that you know, one of them gets soggy when you don't eat it. What, you know, poutine's fries with gravy on it. And pussy, it, it w and then you, poutine gets soggy when you don't eat it, <laughs> which is different than the, the other one. Okay, I have another uh, food joke. Uh, does anybody know that uh, asparagus uh, will make your pee smell funny? Anybody heard that? Yeah. Does everybody, and, and does everybody also know that it still ends up tasting the same when you drink it? <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody knows that part. It's like a, t uh, okay, cool. Uh, a lot of people uh, like to think that um, I'm a kinky person. They 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 like to insinuate or they like to assume that I just eat ass, but I have to tell them that it's just that I have halitosis. <laughs> I'm a breast muscle like shit. God damn it. Uh, 
Sometimes that's funny. Sometimes I say that in a funny way. Not tonight. <laughs> um, if you had to choose one fruit to have sex with, what, what, what would it be? You're wrong. It's passion fruit. <laughs> Think about it. Passion fruit makes sense. Somebody tell me how to say that joke because I can fucking. <laughs> Sometimes it works, man. <laughs> Close the door, Warhol. You're making me think I'm killing. <laughs> He's like belly laughing. Okay. Um, so this is uh, the part of my set. Well, okay. Anybody here in a relationship? Relationship? Um, anybody here in a polyamorous relationship, sir? You know, sit down. Usually when I ask the crowd or who's in a polyamorous relationship, it's funny because like one person of the two will be super enthusiastic <laughs> and the other one will be like, yeah, we're kind of poly, but we love each other. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you're, she's pretty much just shopping around for the next person. But uh, my uh, girlfriend recently told me the hardest she ever came was with the shower head and then she expected me not to be jealous but I had questions for that shower head, you know? <laughs> I was like, babe, where, which shower head? Where is it? <laughs> and so I, uh, I asked her where I was and she got real upset and she's like, I don't I know how to answer that question to be honest. <laughs> she's like, it's not on Instagram. You can't just follow it, Victor. Uh, but uh, it turns out that it does have social media. I found the shower head on Amazon and I ended up stalking the shower head. <laughs> Uh, you guys ever read showerhead reviews? Turns out, <laughs> just all fucking women. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like 5,000 five-star reviews for this specific showerhead that she pointed out to me, and I just like was trying to find one man fucking in the reviews, <laughs> and it was buried very deep. <laughs> buried very deep within paragraphs and paragraphs of a bunch of ladies going crazy for this showerhead. <laughs> Uh, some ladies were posting photos of them in the shower head. <laughs> this is a point in my set where I like I have a joke that uh, it's very long <laughs> and I want to not tell it. <laughs> so I'm bored with it. Do it. Thank you, fucking Vishal. Me and Vishal are going to do a dual set tonight. Is that okay? Can I get on the God mic when Vishal goes up and we like banter? Yeah, we're going to have fun tonight. Okay, cool. Um, but, you know, uh, the the joke gets to this point where I leave a review for the showerhead and, and uh, I say that uh, stay the fuck away from my girlfriend, dude. Uh, <laughs> but it's true that I actually bought my girlfriend the showerhead because, like, it's actually a good move if you think about it. Very secure thing to do to, for me to buy her the showerhead. It's like, kind of like being polyamorous in a way. <laughs> I bought her the shower head, and uh, I don't even have to ask her if she uses it because sometimes she comes to bed after taking a shower and her hair is like fucking dry, you know? <laughs> Meaning that she just used it on her vagina. Uh, there's, an, uh, there's an update to that joke. Uh, I actually beat the top score. I, I, I'm no longer, I'm actually the best she ever had. <laughs> I, I dethroned the shower head. I have to think of a new tag for that joke. <laughs> Um, you want me to spit fire some jokes? Oh, uh, recently, uh, okay, uh, this isn't a joke yet, but I think it's funny. You know how, like, some people take Ambien and they, 
if you don't go to sleep after taking Ambien, you like trip balls, apparently. You ever heard of that? No one's ever heard of that, so maybe this joke isn't funny, but I tried uh, uh, taking Zyrtec and not sneezing. <laughs> anyway, look it up. If you take Ambien and you don't go to sleep, you like trip, like it's like day tripping, you know, it's like you're dreaming while you're awake or whatever. Um, has anybody ever taken antidepressants? Yeah. Which ones did you take? Okay, that's one that makes your dick not work, right? It's one of, yeah, it's one of those ones, yeah. Uh, which is like, in any other context, would be like hilarious as a joke. Like, it's like, <laughs> so you take this pill and just like solve all your problems, be happy. <laughs> but it's like, gotcha, your fucking dick doesn't work anymore, dude. <laughs> it's like a good old fashioned deal with the devil. Like, who'd have thought Big Pharma was so funny? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like what's another example? It's like you can have uh, eagle eye vision, but you always have pink eye or something. <laughs> uh, we're just telling jokes up here for like, uh, in for a certain amount of time. I don't know if, uh, how many more I have. Um, okay, um, I start, I, I'm starting to realize, you were talking about this earlier, uh, that uh, I think I look Jewish. I'm not Jewish, but I think I look Jewish. I can tell because like, Whenever like someone's talking about conspiracy theories and I enter the conversation, <laughs> they just like change subjects real quick. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, man, that's why they created the Federal Reserve. Uh, what's up, Victor? <laughs> we were just talking about uh, monetary policy and where it came from. <laughs> Next subject. <laughs> um, I feel like Destiny's Child might have been the easiest game of fuck, Mary kill of all time. <laughs> Uh, you marry Beyonce, fuck Kelly, and kill the third one. Okay. Uh, that, uh, I, I'm not committed to that joke anymore. Okay, that was my time. I'm Victor Trevino. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming out, guys. It's just a man, Thank you, Victor. I guess I got to tell my Destiny's Child joke now. Because um, why not, right? It's on, it's on topic. They're still relevant, right? We all... Usually I would say, have we heard of Destiny's Child? But we all have. Uh, so then I would say, yes, back when Beyonce had friends. <laughs> She's not here. It's okay. So, you know, I, I love Destiny's Child. I grew up with them. They have a song, Survivor. Do we know that song? Survivor, three strong women singing about just being awesome. And there's a line. It was not four at the time. It was three. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a mic there if you, if you ever want to... <laughs> We, we can have some feedback there. But I remember I have a timeline of Destiny's Child. Um, this was back when there was three because Michelle had a really horrible part in the song. Um, and there's one line in the song that goes, I'm not going to diss you on the internet because my mama taught me better than that. And I'm just like, how did you teach your mother the internet? I need to know this. <laughs> They're magical, this Destiny's Child. My mom is terrible at the internet. She's finally learned texting, which was great, but now she's into the emoji land. Um, and she's been using the eggplant emoji because she thinks that means vegetarian. And I'm trying to find a nice way to explain to her that it means the opposite of that. So uh, maybe Beyonce can help me do that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, this next guy, I'm really excited to have him. Uh, he was doing this hosting gig last week, and he'll be doing it again next week. He runs a show at Delirium uh, every Monday at 8 p.m. And you get to see him right now, Warhol Kaufman, everybody. Yeah, make some noise for murdering women of color. Yeah, Victor. Woo! Yes, I agree. I totally agree. And we're back 
with everyone's favorite game show. Name that vigilante. Who's your favorite vigilante? You? Anyone? Uh, Word. All right. So people say Negroes can't swim. But my great uncle used to go swimming all the time before he drowned. Like all the time he used to go. All the time he used to go, he was in the river a lot. God damn it. Um, if you believe we've been to the moon, then you accept that we only let white men on the moon. So that's on you now. That's your bad. Who misses the Cold War? I know, with all this global warming, we could use some more nuclear proliferation. All right. People be like, Trump is racist. And he's orange. I think it's ironic that Trump's son is barren or we all wish his mother was. <laughs> this station's a mess. Look at this. This is just fucking disgraceful. All right. <laughs> it's racist. That's what it is. All right. I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon is responsible for my bukkake fetish. You can't do that on television. So since we're talking about fucking tall Australians, I'm game. <laughs> That's not an Australian. This is an art. Dude, because when you asked the question, I was like, I'm just racking my brain, you know? And then you were like, she was tall. I was like, I remember her so well. Her name was, I think her name was Bonnie. She was a redhead Australian. I, we used to make sandwiches and smoothies together. And like, it was my freshman year of college and shit. So I I was in a, a nexus of, you know, it was a confusing, all right. So I just wanted to, I wanted to sort of like, she was cute. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Like, hey, you want to go out sometime? But then she was like, yes. I was like, fuck, I'm not prepared. She was a senior and I was a freshman and like she was, she was like 6'3", she was tall as fuck. And I wasn't taller than I am now. It was cool. I was young and shit. I wasn't legal to drink. So then she called a limo. Our date was she called a limo to go to some shitty dive bar. There was like a service that put you in a limo to go to the shitty dive. And there was like like Miller Lite. It was in the limo. And she like offered me one. I didn't drink beer at the time. You know, I'm like 18. I'm like, this tastes weird. And then so we go to the bar. It wasn't that notable. And I... Did you ever go to college a week early and meet someone who sucked your dick and then suddenly you're together and you're like, but I don't think I want to be together, but now we definitely are? Just me. It's fine. It's cool. When I, I know. I tried to break up with Tara Bostock and she fought me. She physically attacked me. And the next day was parents visiting day, so I just, I talked to her mom about it. I was like, you know, I tried to break up with your daughter last night, and she physically attacked me. And her mom was like, Tara, don't hit. I, I agreed. It's a good lesson. So I'm trying to break up with Tara Bostock, who I shouldn't say her whole name, because like you said, we're on the radio, and it's recording. 
trying to trying to break up with her, and it's not working out. But I'm I'm working with this beautiful Australian lady, so I'm like, let's do this, let's get down. So I don't really remember a lot of the date, but we ended up back in her room. And it was early, like it was early for me. I grew up Catholic, man. I had had sex with upwards of four and a half people at that time. Thank you. No, I know you're impressed. It's good. It's beautiful. At least. <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my Australian Australian sex story. I try to break up. I try to break up with Tara again. You, I like every time I try to break up with Tara Bostock, we would end up more together than before. I don't know how it happened. When I was in college, a lot of times, like, polyamory would come out of, it would be like, I don't want to, it's not that, I, no, baby, it's not that I don't want to be with you, just I need my options open, and then they'll call you bluff. They'll be like, all right, we'll be open. It's like, no, I'm actually tired of you, actually, turns out. <laughs> I didn't realize. I witnessed a murder in Oakland about a year ago outside the layover at 15th and Franklin. I witnessed a murder and the next day, I was so happy. I felt alive. I felt so alive. This is what happened. I told that story the other day at Edinburgh Castle. I told that joke, and the dude thought it was, this is how fucking gentrified San Francisco has become. I told a story about witnessing a murder in West Oakland, and some white dude was like, that's preposterous. (laughs) You witnessed a murder in West Oakland? I don't believe you, Negro. Like, bro, when I first moved to West Oakland, within three weeks, someone got killed in the neighborhood. And I was upset. I was like, oh my, I talked to my wife at the time. I was like, that's terrible. This is awful. It's so horrible. And then two weeks later, someone got shot outside of the dollar store. And I was like, what do you expect going to the dollar store? It's just, that's what happens. And then in the same month, someone got murdered on our corner. And I told my wife, I was like, I hope they got the right guy. I was living in West Oakland. They found a human head in the recycling plant two blocks from my house, which is messed up because that's compostable. (laughs) It's unacceptable. (laughs) It's horrible. It's like if you would, if you were to strangle someone with like a straw, you know what I mean? Like that's not okay. Or like asphyxiate someone with a plastic bag. Like don't do that. That's bad for the environment. All right, let's do the guinea pig story, shall we? Cool. So I went to I went to a prep school. I went to high school at a prep school. So what that means is this kid I went to school with got in trouble one time for sending an email. He sent this girl an email and it said you're so pretty, I want to rape you. And he, yeah, he got in trouble, obviously, because he said it on the school's email. So they called him out. They were like, this is unacceptable. And everyone found out about it. 
And my entire school was incensed. My whole school was upset. It was all boys school. And everyone was like, they're reading our emails? They can't read our emails. I used to do theater in, in high school. There was one dramatic production and two musicals every year because the director was this priest named Father Orr and he liked musicals. Yeah, and I found out later he liked fucking some of the kids that were in the musicals. I didn't know that at the time. I found out later. I know, but one time Father Orr got really mad at me because the his his assistant director told me to improvise, so I improvised, but then he didn't like it, so he got mad at me. And I was I felt really bad for a long time, but then I found out he raped kids. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Sometimes you have to improvise, Father Orr. I'm glad we're all on the same page. I just realized I should stop calling my brother a motherfucker. I saw this sign that said psychotherapist. Is that the kind of therapist you want? Make some noise if you're racist. Make some noise if you got a big vagina. Make some noise if you come silently just for your partner, just so they know you're involved. Guys, I'm worried about the Nazis. Has anyone heard, are the Nazis okay? Are the Nazis doing okay? I'm worried about them. <laughs> Black actors never get to play Nazis. It's racism. Do Nazis like World War II films? Or does knowing the ending make it, make it less fun? Whatever happened to the other two Reichs? I know the third one ended badly, but like the first one must have been pretty good, right? Because you don't make a sequel. I was at the mall the other day. This young white teenager made eye contact with me, and under his breath, he goes, My nigger. Yeah, a Denzel fan. Exactly. I went to Costco the other day. The main difference between Costco and a refugee camp is. Guys, if you see a beautiful homeless woman, she chose that life over you. <laughs> I went to Five Guys. Five Guys does not give a fuck about your peanut allergy. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. But back in the day, the doctor wouldn't sit you down and say, your son has a peanut allergy. He would just tell you, your son is dead. <laughs> would you like a peanut? They're delicious. I'm pretty sure my girlfriend likes cocaine more than she likes me. Like she didn't dump coke yesterday. My ex-girlfriend just got the pre-abortion sonogram. Everyone's looking healthy. 
Everything's looking good. I don't know if abortion is murder, but I know killing every conservative politician is murder. But I just heard something so crazy. Do you want to know? You want to know? I'll tell you, it's so crazy. I just find out. Apparently, just from a legal standpoint, if you kill two people, Nancy Pelosi is president. Like, if you murder two people, Nancy Pelosi is the Democrat, not just any two people. (laughs) It's like a puzzle. You have to figure out. I'm the oldest one in my family without kids, and I'm proud, you know? Like I tried really hard. I put in the wrong places and everything. I was reading about spies. Read a, read about this dude named Klaus Fucks. That guy fucks. I was reading about Gary Webb also. Gary Webb wrote the Dark Alliance articles. He exposed the connection between the CIA and the flooding of crack cocaine into Los Angeles. And then he was found dead in his apartment with two bullet holes in his head. And the police ruled it as suicide. It's pretty unusual in a suicide to have two bullets. Thank you. Warhol Kaufman, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for sticking around. We just have a couple more comics left for y'all to entertain you tonight on this lovely Friday. Mutiny Radio, thank you so much for having us. Let's keep this going with Jack Ferguson, everybody. Fader for... uh yeah, I'm sorry. What's going on, guys? How are we? We doing well? I'm interested, honestly. So you're you're an audience member. You're an audience member. You are you a comic? No, no, you're not. And then you guys over there as well. Is this uncomfortable for you? This is like you're. This is comfortable. I feel like sometimes when I'm watching stand-up comedy in a situation like this, it's just it's difficult for me as a viewer. Uh, but I appreciate you guys staying. Uh, I also know how it is, like, wa- like seeing me, right? Like, I saw a guy who looked a lot like me. Like, I look like an asshole. I understand that, you know? I saw a guy who looked a lot like me get up on stage and try to do stand-up comedy for the first time. And, like, even I was like, I'm not rooting for this guy. <laughs> I hope he does badly. Uh, I kind of look like the kind of person who would go to a barbecue and throw a football at someone who's holding something, you know? I'm very liberal, but I have a Republican bone structure. And that's something that that I'm working with, you know? I, like, the other day I was walking down the street and a homeless person yelled out, like, you look like the fuck-up son of a CEO. And that was painful, because that is totally accurate. I grew up wealthy. I don't need to do this. It's just that when poor people clap for me, it feels right, you know? (laughs) Um, Last time I just brought a loaf of bread and threw it into the audience, you know? No, I'm, I'm not that much of an asshole. I didn't. I don't do that. Uh, but I am. I'm. I'm probably actually a lot more unconventional than you'd think. Looking at me, I'm bipolar. Uh, don't freak out. It's my thing. But uh, you know, a lot of people when you tell them you're bipolar, they feel bad for you, right? But you shouldn't, 
there's lots of advantages. Like you guys have to take pills to get high, right? All I have to do is stop taking pills. <laughs> Mania is nature's cocaine, you know? <laughs> I keep my pills in my car, like my medicine, my lithium. And the other day someone broke into my car and stole them. Right? Is that, that like, that's a hilarious prank to play on someone who's mentally unstable. And I think it was probably because they thought they were opiates, right? They were stealing the pills because they thought they were opiates. So they were trying to get high, but actually they just ended up becoming mentally stable, you know? Like their fine, that guy's final crime was just getting his shit together, you know? I get a lot of the same stuff too, like people usually like to talk about the same things around me. A lot of people, when I tell them I'm bipolar, will be like, oh, I have a friend who I think is bipolar. And I'd be like, oh, is he diagnosed? And they'd be like, no, but he's just a dick to everyone. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe the reason he's a dick to you is because you keep telling everyone he's bipolar. <laughs> like, <laughs> that could be the source of his assholery. Another one I get a lot is like people will ask me my opinion on, on like mass shootings because a lot of the people who commit them have uh, mental illness. And like I don't know what they expect my response to be, you know? Like I'm not in favor of them like everybody else, you know? Like I'm not sitting on my couch being like, yeah, go guys, like another shooting, like a couple more and all the normal people will be gone, you know? I feel like I think about mass shootings the same way that like Islamic people feel about 9-11, right? Like I, I understand that I am like somewhat related to it, like due to the group that I belong to, but I want people to understand that it's not my group that's responsible, you know? It's the Jews. Um, uh, <laughs> I have gotten, I've had some interesting experiences because of my, bo my, bi my bipolarity, that's a hard sentence to say out loud. Uh, I've had some interesting experiences. I got to, uh, in college, I accidentally started a cult. Uh, this is a true story. Accidentally, I just got, like was didn't know I was bipolar. I was 19. I just got this huge burst of like energy and confidence and charisma. And looking back on it, 100%, it was my first manic episode. But at the time, I just thought I was becoming a man. You know, <laughs> like it's like wow, this is what it's like to be an adult. Like it happens so fast. Uh, so I started a company, because that's what men do, right? And uh, the company was called Elos. We were going to make longboards and sell them. And I got about 10 people to be my employees. To Like, I was that, because when you, when you have a manic episode, you become more uh, loquacious. You become more charismatic. And so I was able to get 10 people to get on board and make longboards with me. But as my mania heightened, the idea sort of twisted and morphed. So it went from making longboards to making chips that you can put in people's brains so that they can communicate through thought. And as you can imagine, of like the 10 people who were on board, a lot of them were out when we got to that second stage, you know? But like five of them were still in, which is ridiculous, you know? And arguably they were more in than they were for the longboards thing. They were like, yeah, let's change the world. We're gonna revolutionize this shit. And so we'd have meetings where it'd be like me standing on my bed and then them sitting on the floor of my dorm and me like yelling about like physics and microchips and biology for hours, you know? And I don't know anything about any of that stuff, but I made it up and they didn't know anything about it either, so they believed me, you know? And uh, then I, you know, the meeting would be over and I'd go outside and like yell at a tree for waving the wrong way. And people would be like, he's crazy, but that's his genius, you know? <laughs> he's like Steve Jobs, you gotta take the good with the bad. And then when everything was like reaching its peak, 
or it felt like it was reaching its peak at least, I got arrested and sent to the psych ward. And they take away your phone when they do that. And so I couldn't tell them where I went, my employees. And while I was in the psych ward, I later learned that they thought I was off on a spiritual journey finding the secret algorithm that would solve all of our technical problems. <laughs> like these were sane people who thought that, you know? That's the like collective mania that gets inspired when you're around someone who's crazy, right? And uh, so I got out of the, uh, I spent four days in the psych ward. I got out, I had a bunch of missed text messages from my employees like, hey boss, where are you? Like, wh what are we, what's the plan? We have all this metal and we don't know what to do with it. And uh, <laughs> and I just texted them because I knew I didn't have the charisma or like the insanity to be an entrepreneur anymore. And so I just texted, the, texted them and I was like, listen guys, I know I told you we were gonna make chips to put in people's brains so they could communicate through thought, but we're not gonna do that. <laughs> We're 19. <laughs> so just, I'm going to go home to California and you guys just go back to what you were doing before. And I imagine that was a pretty disappointing moment for them. But I think they probably also looked at each other and were like, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Let's just not talk about this again. <laughs> and so they didn't. And uh, we never did until now, I suppose. The psych ward was crazy, though. Very different than a lot of you imagine, I suppose. You look like you're feeling very bad for me. I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm, I'm doing well. But the psych ward was crazy uh, and very different, right? Like that padded room with the mattresses on the walls and the floor, you know the one I'm talking about? Have you heard the one depicted in pop culture often? You know what I'm talking about? Doesn't exist. Major bummer, right? Major bummer. Because if I was gonna be in there, at least I wanted to learn how to do a backflip, you know? <laughs> like, spend my time wisely. There are also like undergraduate med students who would tour the psych ward and like interview you as part of their education, which was very demeaning. And so I like to fuck with them. They would sit down and like talk to me and be like, hello, hi. And I'd be like, oh, what are you in for? And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a med student. I'm not in for anything. And I'd be like, yeah, that's what they told me too. <laughs> you ever seen Shutter Island? <laughs> You're going to be here for a while. <laughs> And they didn't like that, uh, so they kicked me out pretty quickly. <laughs> but yeah, I think I get it from my mom. I think that's where I get my uh, my bipolar. It's it's hereditary, so she's pretty crazy, but more in like an inspiring way. Like she's run forty marathons, which is crazy, right? That's a lot. And at a certain point, it's just like, what are you running from, mom? Like, what is it? It's it's her childhood, but. Uh, She's a big jock, as you could probably tell from the marathons, a uh, big sports fan. And one time she was in a store and she saw like this huge dude who she was sure played professional sports, right? And so she went up to the only other person in the store who's this small, weird looking guy. It was like, hey, do you know who that is? Does he play professional sports? And the guy was like, looked at the him and was like, no, that's my bodyguard. I'm Elton John. <laughs> and, and my mom was very disappointed. Because she doesn't know who Elton John is. <laughs> She's a jock. Uh, yeah. No, I grew up, my parents raised me in like a, a pretty weird area too. Uh, Menlo Park. It's like, if the, for those of you who haven't heard, it's in the peninsula. It's near Palo Alto. For those of you who, who don't know where it is, just imagine like the capital from Hunger Games. Like everybody is like super rich, autistic, and secretly evil. <laughs> it's like where, it's where Mark Zuckerberg lives. I got Halloween candy from him. Uh, seriously, uh, 
he had like two bodyguards who would dress up in like weird outfits and pretend to just be hanging out but it's like huge dudes in like a bunny outfit which is more intimidating than just a huge dude to begin with you know (laughs) it's like you could just be there you don't have to put on a bunny outfit where did you even get a bunny outfit that big that's weird that they sell those uh anyways (laughs) they uh i got to see a lot of weird stuff growing up in menlo park a lot of weird like rich kid stuff because i grew up around a lot of rich kids like there was one girl who for her sweet 16 birthday party invited 50 of her friends and we got to the place where the party was going on in the musical entertainment for the night was the band train like the multi-platinum band train playing for 50 high schoolers and uh you would think that everyone would be stoked about that but a lot of these kids were not that excited like they were like what train whatever my dad runs oracle like it's not a big deal and they were just like not like arguably you guys are being a better better audience for me than they were for train um which is ridiculous and you would think that that would have been the weirdest part of the night right definitely not by far when midnight, when, it, when the clock struck midnight, Catherine turned 16. What do you think happened? The band played her favorite song, right? Wrong. <laughs> her dad, who is the CEO of a major company, forced his way on stage and forced his 16-year-old daughter to sing his favorite song right into the danger zone from the movie Top Gun with him as 50 high schoolers and the band train watched. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, growing up in an area like that, I think you get, like, a little bit cynical, right? Just seeing all of these shitty people. And so I that's the way I am. You know, I'm a little bit cynical. I don't believe in, like, God, which I guess, does that even count as cynical anymore? I feel like that's just normal. I don't believe in God. I think if God is so smart, like, if God is so great, why do I have ha- hair in my asshole, you know? <laughs> Like, can't we agree that that is one place that doesn't need to be any warmer, you know? <laughs> like, it's like he said, God said when he was designing man, like, oh, this is going to be the spot where, like, you expel all the toxic shit you don't need. But I'm also going to put a highly absorbent patch of hair there to catch a little bit of it just in case, you know? <laughs> I know a lot of people who believe in God because they supposedly saw them, wa- saw him and talked to him or her uh, while they were on a psychedelic trip which is the most ridiculous reason to believe in God. You took something that obscures your sense of reality and then you drew something from that that you think is real. Like I took acid once and anthills started popping up on my arm and ants were coming out of that. I don't run around saying, hey guys, we're full of ants, you know? You don't have, you can't take things from acid trips. And also like, do you know how incoherent people are when they're on acid? Why would God want to talk to you when you're like that, you know? Why would he pick that moment to talk, have a conversation with you? And you wouldn't be able to say anything interesting to him, you know? Like, he doesn't need to hear about how dope trees are, you know? He's, he made them. <laughs> like, he's not interested, you know? The only reason God would talk to you while you're on an acid trip is to talk you through an acid trip, you know? Like, if you were having a bad trip and he needed to, like, make sure you were okay, you know? Like, he'd be, like, up in heaven, like, ah, shit. Adam took too many mushrooms. Like, I got to go make sure he doesn't shit in a flower pot again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, so, yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't believe in the afterlife. I think I, I strive to approach death the same way that the guy who invented the Frisbee approaches death. Stay with me. Uh, the guy who invented the Frisbee, when he died, had himself cremated 
and put inside of a Frisbee. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's that Nobody else thinks that's crazy, that his ashes are in a Frisbee. Like, can you imagine how nauseous his ghost would be if ghosts exist? Or, like, to think about his family members. Like, say, like, oh, we miss him so much. <laughs> no? I think, and also, like, everyone who's ever had a Frisbee, sir, you've definitely owned a Frisbee. You know, never. Well, okay, smart man, but I believe you. But, okay, fair, thank you. I appreciate you playing. You could have just said that to begin with, but, <laughs> uh, you know that, like, you can't own a Frisbee for more than two months, you know? I well okay I'm gonna stop talking to you because you're being <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking shit man. <laughs> you guys know how praying mantises have sex? Thanks, sir. Uh, when it's over, the female kills and eats the male. Right? Hashtag feminism. Yeah, <laughs> it's a strong, independent praying mantis, you know. And a lot of people say. Well, why would the male have sex in the first place if he knows that's going to happen? And those people don't understand male sexuality. Because <laughs> if we knew that every woman we slept with was going to try and kill us afterwards, sure, we'd be more careful, you know? We'd have less sex, but eventually you've got to take your chances, you know? Because there's already girls who try to kill you after you have sex with them, or might anyways. They're called crazy girls, and guess what? They're the best at sex. Yeah, the more likely you are to be killed, the more likely you are to die a happy man. So, thank you. I'm Jack. Very fresh. Uh, hold on. Let me turn this up. Flower, flower. Jack Ferguson, everybody. And we have two more comics, and we're going to be able to do this. And this next guy, I'm really excited to see him here because I get to see him in New Orleans all the time. And he is here visiting as well. And I'm so excited for him to entertain you. Please give it up for Jake Cosden, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, thank you, Amanda. I'm still kind of shook up, you guys. I I hate train that much. Like, th I really do. Just the thought of them being around children like makes me deeply uncomfortable. Oh. I've I was literally I was like starving in line for a burrito the other day. Train comes on in the burrito shop, and I'm still like 10 people back, and I have a fucking dilemma. I'm like, can I get all the way through? Hey, soul sister, how fucking hungry am I? I decided to stick it out, right? I stuck it out, and it was fucking two for Tuesday. They came in right behind it with goddamn the soy latte song, you guys. Still traumatized. Uh, the, the race wars, you guys, the race wars. What side are you going to be on? Awful slow, that's suspicious, suspicious. What side are you going to be on? It's simple. You got two choices, man. White people or justice. There's only two choices. I know what side I'm going to be on. Not the side that's rationing avocados, I'll tell you that much. Uh... Thank you guys for being here. That goes for people that I'm related to as well as people that I'm not related to. Thank you. Uh, I am visiting from New Orleans. It's fun to be here in San Francisco. Uh, beautiful city. There's a lot of weird stuff here that I've noticed in my time. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that like have clearly never been in a physical altercation in their whole lives 
get very antagonistic and hostile with strangers who they don't know whether they've actually been in a physical altercation. I saw a hundred, this is, I saw a 120 pound gentleman. He was wearing white jeans and a white t-shirt tucked into the white jeans. Finished it off with some jelly shoes from the 80s. <laughs> Fucking go off the hanger on this woman whose dog has been a little too far away from her on the sidewalk. <laughs> Lost his mind. And I've seen, uh, I've seen a TV show where adults sit behind a table and tell children that their baking is terrible. Have you guys seen this show? On the Food Network, that's pretty much the concept. When I grew up, gullwing doors were fucking cool. That was like for sports cars, and you'd see awesome dudes get pop up the gullwing here. It's like, like harried mothers loading a child into the gullwing, putting a helmet on it, and like wrapping its, restraining its legs in there, and that's not very rock and roll or cool at all. Uh, I feel sorry for people that have to work in a coffee shop and convince customers that waiting 20 minutes for a pour over coffee is worth it on your way to work. I don't know how those people do it. A guy told me the other day, he was like, there's, you should try the, uh, you know, the Ghanaian coffee. We do a special pour over at 210.7 degrees. You can taste the local terroir. There's watermelon notes in the coffee. And I'm like, I'm gonna blow this guy's fucking mind, man. If you're like, if watermelon notes and coffee is your thing, you should try fucking watermelon, bro. I'm gonna <laughs> explode your whole brain piece with that one. Uh, I used to live in New York, right? So like the weed delivery is new in San Francisco, right? Y'all, have y'all done this weed delivery thing? Uh, public service announcement, you should check it out. There's $20 uh, introductory offer. It's like getting weed for free, it's awesome. But uh, I'm used to getting weed in New York. So like in New York where it's illegal, what happens is like usually a French guy with a satchel bag shows up and he's very like kind of nervous and looking around. He's on a bicycle uh, and he doesn't want to have a conversation. He's like, wants to be on his way. Uh, in San Francisco, uh, the guy shows up to sell you weed and he's in like a tricked out Honda Civic and he parks diagonally on the sidewalk and just wants to chill out for a while. <laughs> he's like, it's like, hey, man, communications degrees, am I right? And I'm like, yeah, bud, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From around here, cool. Uh, I, uh, I like to wear a lot of Axe body spray, you guys. Uh, but I also wear a lot of Febreze because I don't want to smell like a complete jerk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like to, while I'm in visiting here, one thing I like to do is I like to drive out to Old Town Sacramento, you guys. Uh, I drive out to Old Town Sacramento and uh, roll my windows down and scream out Young Town Sacramento to everybody that I see. It's <laughs> a fun pastime. Uh, I, let's see, I don't want to shock you, but I'm a, uh, I'm a white guy. I got a mustache and a North Face jacket. That's what I'm working with right now. That's my look. It's uh, super hot on the internet. I don't know if you guys read the internet, but uh, you don't want to have this look these days. Uh, I'm into it, man. It's like I'm working with it. I'm excited. It's a good time to be white. You guys are doing new shit. We're doing yoga in breweries. You know what I'm saying? 
we're remixing shit. It's it, we're fucking wearing T-shirts that say "Not Before Coffee." Pronouncing the Vietnamese soup pho correctly. Super stoked. Uh, I am a little bit Jewish looking also. That's the thing uh, that I've been living with for like most of my life without any like, just pretty much carefree sort of a little bit Jewish looking existence I've had until I moved to Louisiana and I learned it's like somewhat shameful and potentially dangerous to look a little bit Jewish in Louisiana. People will kind of pull me out of a conversation on a regular basis and they'll be, they'll be like, hey man, are you, are you, are you a Jew? And I'll be like, yeah, am I in trouble? And like, no, and, and you know, it's, it's almost like they're asking for drugs, but everyone's got fucking drugs in Louisiana already. I don't think you guys should do drugs, by the way. I don't think you should do them. But if you do do drugs, you should do enough drugs. Because nobody likes a little bitch, you know what I mean? This kind of, oh, just one for me. No. But uh, I, uh, so my parents, I'm actually half Jewish, right? So my parents were split. Uh, Christian, Jewish, they gave us the choice and choosing Judaism is an unusual choice, right? You hear a lot of people that are like adopt Jesus, they're converts, you hear a lot of like uh, converts to Islam, right? Not many like voluntary Jewish converts, right? And I think it has a lot to do with the marketing, um, specifically the music, right? So y'all have heard Aretha Franklin sing gospel music, right? Gets you a little fired up, get your juices going, like it's a pretty good pitch right there, right? You heard fucking Islam's got cool ass trance music. It's got bhangra. You know what I mean? It's like connecting you to like a higher source, right? Uh, we have a song. Uh, sing it with me now if you know it. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay when it's dry and ready. Dreidel, we shall play. That's our number one banger. Uh, <laughs> 3,000 year old uh, beautiful religion. That's the best we've done. <laughs> Fucking Jews wandered the desert for 40 years. You'd think something a little bluesier might have slipped out in that time. <laughs> but not the case, not the case. Uh, I like to use plastic straws, uh, I love them. I go to Starbucks, uh, I'll get an iced coffee right at Starbucks. I'll uh, switch out my straw halfway through, get a nice crispy one, right, for the second half of that drink. Ah, delicious. So good. Uh, you guys have all seen the, the, seen the videos. <laughs> that, but let me, uh, let me ask you this. Have you all seen a beautiful 120-year-old majestic turtle from the ocean majestically waddle out onto the beach? waddle a little farther and then like another 250 miles inland to a landfill because I fucking haven't seen that shit I put my straws in a landfill because I'm an American you guys I'm not trying to kill any turtles I'm not going in the ocean ridiculous uh political it's a political city here San Francisco let's talk about George W but who remembers George W Bush former prez right Good guy, fun, he seemed like a fun guy, right, George? He, he, used, to, he used to laugh like this, he'd be like, <laughs> right? He fucking, uh, he used to like walk around and tell people they're doing a good job. He used to like uh, stand on the rubble at uh, Ground Zero with a bullhorn. 
he used to like try to get the evildoer, like he hated evildoers. Remember that, guys? He fucking hated evildoers. It's like one of his main things, hating evildoers. But he used to pronounce uh, the word nuclear incorrectly. Do you remember this, right? He'd say nuclear. And then the whole world would be like, excuse me, what? Is this guy like a little, what What did you say? And Bush would he'd be like, <laughs> nuclear. And he's the president. You got to go with it, right? Like, you nothing you can do. Obama comes out later. He's like, nuclear. And the whole world goes, thank you, Obama. That's much more presidential. Appreciate that. Trump comes out. He's like, we have the nuclearest weapons. Tremendous weapons. That's my best grammar joke. Thank you for laughing at that. Appreciate you guys. Uh... Let me, let me see what else I brought here. Uh, there's a, okay, there's a, there's a store called Guns and Guitars. This is a real thing. Have y'all, have y'all seen this online? Like one of the shootings that happened in Arizona was, uh, it, the story came out and the gun was purchased at a place called Guns and Guitars. They sell, say it with me now, Guns and Guitars. I bet they also have Viagra if under the counter. Like if you, if you really want some Viagra, I actually I want to open up a Viagra store across the street. I bet that would do very well. Across the street from Guns and Guitars. Uh, I have been uh, dating women in their 30s uh, recently, you guys, which is, uh, it's a new experience. It's interesting, right? So like uh, women in their 30s I found it's an interesting, like, there's some contradictions. They're, like, sexually awakened and the, know their bodies and celebratory and all this stuff. And also, like, very eager to be in a long-term relationship. So you find yourself in situations. Like, you're hooking up with a girl in her 30s, and, and she'll be like, you know, hey, can you pull my hair a little bit? And I'll be like, okay, yeah, if that's what you like, you know? And, and you know, she'll keep going. She'll be like, hey, can I ask you another question? Yeah, sure. You're like, will you just, like, Choke me, you know, just a little bit. Choke me. Like, yeah, that's your thing, sure. And then, you know, it's going well. And then she's like, she's like, hey, let me ask you another question. Choking her. She's like, how's your relationship with your mother? <laughs> Confusing. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Thank y'all for being here. Y'all, y'all came on a meetup, is that true? Did you know each other before, or have you just met up? Okay, cool. You've done met. So, so I'm older, you guys. Uh, have you noticed how people that drink Four loco are the people in the whole world need energy the absolute least? They're like, fuck yeah, party, whatever. I'm like, I could use the energy, but I'm not drinking that bullshit, you guys. I'm not drinking it. I got laid last week. I'm good for the month, honestly, right now. <laughs> you could, like, jump me outside and just be like, well, maybe next week I work up a nut. I might have something to say about it, but <laughs> caught me sleeping. Good job. Uh, all right, I'll leave you with uh, one NPR story, because I love NPR. Uh, it reminds me of home. I, I've definitely sat in my driveway to hear an NPR story through to conclusion, right? And sometimes I hate myself for it, because there I am in my comfortable car, 
and I'm listening to someone with a soothing British accent talk about people's limbs getting chopped off around the world and shit like that. <laughs> but I heard the most NPR thing that I've ever heard in my life, probably the most NPR thing ever broadcast on NPR. And it was a woman, uh, and she said on NPR, being interviewed, she said, my vagina is a crime scene. And it should be treated accordingly. <laughs> right? What do you do? When you, I, I turned off the radio. I was like, let's peak NPR. I got nowhere to go from there. That's <laughs> it's the top. But I admire this woman, and I, and I, and I envy her passion, because like, who, like, how fucking cool is that? Have a guy with a mustache wine yellow tape around your torso do you know what i mean they were talking about rape kits handling rape kits have like a fucking brash detective screech up to her vagina like let me in there fuck you johnson this is an fbi case now get out of here it's above your head it's <laughs> so my career i'm going in anyway that's my npr impression you guys thanks for listening hey keep it going for a minute thanks for having me you guys thanks for listening have a great night Thank you, Jake Cosden. Bringing back the George W. Bush jokes. <laughs> Haven't heard those in a long time. Uh, yeah, we do have one more fabulous comic for y'all. Thank you guys for sticking around this whole show, and I'm so excited to bring him up. Give it up for Vishal. Call everybody. Woo! Keep it going, guys. Keep it going. Come on, keep it going for yourselves. I don't have 15 minutes prepared. Keep it going. Oh my God, so happy to be here. I'm the only thing keeping you from you guys and your fabulous Friday night. First of all, I just want to thank you for sticking around. Thank you, Amanda, for the time. This is so lovely. I'm so happy to be here. Y'all are so happy to be here. I'm looking at you, buddy. You're like, yeah, very happy. Uh, uh, great stuff from everybody. Uh, I don't have 15 minutes prepared, like I said, so I'm just going to wing it and let's see what happens. I was going to try and riff with Victor, and he disappeared, so this is going to be some solo riffing right now. We'll do some jokes, old jokes, new jokes. Let's get it started. Guys, I am an Indian comic, but don't worry. My parents, super proud of me. <laughs> this is actually one of the... Three options they gave me. They were like, Vishal, you can be a doctor, a lawyer, or a disappointment. <laughs> uh, I have a very, I have a unique name, which makes me pretty special. Uh, my full name is actually Vishal Kalyana Syndrome. Y'all, yeah, you can laugh at that. <laughs> And if you want to know how to spell that long fucking name, I do too. I <laughs> can't figure it out. Whenever I tell people my name, you know, they always try to say it back to me. It's so funny. They always do this thing. They're like, Kaliana Sundaram. Kaliana Sundaram. I had to tell people to stop because I am sure that that is how you summon a Hindu demon. <laughs> that is the Kali Ma chant right there. And if it works, I don't have time to clean that up. <laughs> uh, this is great. This is great. Um, so I am from India. I was born there. 
Yo, I just had two friends go to India to uh, find themselves. And yes, you are correctly picturing white people. Um, they were talking about their authentic Indian experience at spas and five-star hotels. Guys, that is hashtag not my India. <laughs> the India that I was born in? Yo, okay, it, it had terrible roads. People lived in these tiny cramped spaces and there was poop everywhere. Although now that I think about it, that's just San Francisco. That's San Francisco with better Indian food. You didn't need to leave the country to do that. Uh, so I have uh, Indian parents. Anybody else? Always got to check. <laughs> you never know. I have Indian parents. My parents are like, my parents are very traditional, very into the idea of, of arranged marriage. They got an arranged marriage and they're trying to be modern, but I don't know if, you know, I don't think it's working. Like my mom was recently, she was talking to me and she was like, Vishal, you can marry anyone we want. <laughs> you can marry, you can, uh, you can marry. I wrote this today. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, she can be anybody from this list of one person. <laughs> you can date her. We know you are independently going to arrive at this decision. Fuck, I fist fucked up the timing on that. It's okay. New jokes, guys. Woo, make some noise for me for trying out new things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do live in San Francisco now. Uh, and, you know, San Francisco, a place with a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, wealth, inequality, a lot of good parts, and a lot of places that aren't as nice, right? So I'll often walk around San Francisco and accidentally step in some gentrification. <laughs> and the worst part is, like, the whitewashed fusion restaurants that pop up. You know what I'm talking about, Sean? You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'll give you an example of a place. Uh, make up, making up a name. It's called Tacolicious. <laughs> Fuck Tacolicious. That's not an authentic Mexican restaurant name. You know what would be? El Tacolicious. <laughs> Also, they play the whitest music, all right? Every time I walk past them, they play, like, Radiohead and Vampire Weekend. That's not taco music. When I eat Mexican food, I want a mariachi band in my face. And I don't want them to leave until I tip. And I never will. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys laughed at that, because that, jo that joke didn't work for, like, two months and I was like how did I fuck it up and then finally oh, this is this is how the sausage is made tacolicious <laughs> tacolicious man I don't know I don't know what they got at tacolicious but I'm sure they got vegan gender neutral employees named Adrian and Romy 
No, I riffed that. <laughs> anyway, Tacalicious, man. This place, vaguely Hispanic, but made for white people. It's the Marco Rubio of tacos. I don't want those Republican tacos, guys. I only eat free-the-nip tacos. All right. Now on to the crowd work portion of my set. <laughs> Thank you so much for making it out here. Thank you so much. You two met on a date? No? <laughs> Your friends? How did you two meet? Another friend? Oh, man. Got a lot of friends in this group. <laughs> Are you two white? <laughs> You're white? Okay. Are you... You're half Japanese? Oh my god, what's the other half? Oh, <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Would you, okay ma'am, I'll start with you. Would you say like you are pretty white? Like, I don't know, you know, you're pretty connected to your culture? Congratulations, that's really fun. <laughs> you guys, you're definitely very white. Um, you're from uh, New York, you said? But then now you're in New Orleans. Did you wear the hat in New York too, or is this like a you had to move? You moved to the South. Yeah. Oh, it's a California hat. I love it though. Your set was very funny, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you two are pretty. You feel like you two like you guys know white people things, right? Sure. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, I bring this up to say, uh, like, I, I'm not very Indian, like, I'm not very connected to my culture, you know, it wasn't like a necessity growing up for me, right? Like, growing up, there was only, like, one Asian role model, Goku from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> that joke needs more. But, um... I don't know, I think it's bullshit that, like, uh, little Indian kids these days get to grow up thinking, like, Bhangra and yoga is cool. You know what was cool when I was growing up? Assimilating. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I, I would love to be, like, a cool Indian and have, like, a culture and stuff because that is so in right now. But also... I would I would love to make fun of white people. I love making fun of white people for all the stupid shit that they do. But I also know that that's all the stupid shit I do. I love white people things, man. I love Whole Foods. Uh, I'm sorry for the half Japanese person in the crowd, for the Asian person. Whole Foods is like the white man's bazaar. Um, sorry, white people. Um, a bazaar is Aladdin Whole Foods. I <laughs> love Whole Foods, man. I go there and I buy a ton of stuff that I'm pretty sure isn't real. Like, I went and bought organic laundry detergent. How the fuck did they make detergent organic? I looked at the ingredients on it, and I found out that it's made out of, like, coconut oils and aloe vera which I assume means it doesn't work. <laughs> um, 
I am not very Indian, but I'm like very possessive about the few Indian things I do know. Um, and I think it's like fine if like white people, you know, want to take Indian people stuff. But like it should be a trade, right? Like here's my proposal. Uh, white people, y'all can have yoga. You already took it, Jack. I'm looking at you. Take yoga and give us back Priyanka Chopra. You guys know Priyanka Chopra back there? Oh, you know Priyanka Chopra, right? I'll fill everyone else in. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hot Indian news. Priyanka Chopra is like the most attractive Indian actress, right? And she got abducted by the whites because she married a Jonas brother, Nick Jonas. Yeah, not even the best Jonas, right? Yeah, yeah, low rank. <laughs> um, I'll try to put it in terms that y'all can understand. Excuse me, ma'am. Who do you think is like the most attractive white actress? Scarlett Johansson? I heard that too. That'd be like if Scarlett Johansson was fucking Kumar from Harold and Kumar. <laughs> You'd be upset too. You'd be like, not even the Slumdog Millionaire, dude? I don't know pretty cute uh just a couple more quick ones and we'll get out of here guys thank you for doing this i appreciate this you're a blessing you're a blessing and everything i used to wear glasses and uh now i wear contacts which means look i fuck a lot more now it's true i fuck a lot more and i tell people that and they're like vishal i'm into glasses that shouldn't matter but that proves my point you can't be into something unless it's the minority opinion, right? Like, you can't be into something unless most people don't like it. Like, you can't be like, my fetish? Regular eyes. <laughs> Functioning retina. <laughs> Zero astigmatism. You know? No chick in France is like, I'm into French guys. You know, it's because they're all lesbians. <laughs> I like that tag. Um, I, <laughs> I like it. I really like it. Um, I'm not. So like with the glasses thing, I got, you know, maybe, uh, you know, more attention from women. But and I got like the look now, but I still I was like an ugly kid. And so, like, I never got the training, right? Like, I never, you know, figured out how to be, like, you know, kid with women. Like, I got the look, maybe, but I don't get the training. Like, me trying to pick up women at a bar is like a stripper cop at a murder scene. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. But I really just want to take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, was that 13 minutes? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any uh, new stuff that I want to do before I get I'll, I'll do some fun stuff. I, so I tried online dating, uh, which people complain about, but it's been uh, pretty great for me because Tinder figured out that I'm, uh, I'm hella into Russian hackers. <laughs> I got flirt with these girls. It's great. And they'll tell me cute things like I'm the hottest single in my area. And I tell them cute things back, like my mother's maiden name and my social security number. 
that one didn't work as well. All right. Uh, I am trying to be a better feminist, too, so I recently took an online gender studies class. I uh, watched the Beyonce Coachella documentary. I don't have more for that. And real quick, <laughs> uh, Jack's laughing at me, not with me. <laughs> real quick, I'm fucking tired of hearing about 23 and me, okay? Shut up about your 23 and me. 23 and me, if you don't know, is just a genetic testing service. It's a genetic testing service that lets white people upgrade to minority for free. What is that? You're taking away the one thing I got, and now you want to find out that you're 1% interesting? I don't know. And, like, maybe I'm just jealous because Asian people, like, we know what we are. Like, I know what I am, right? Like, I'm 100% a disappointment. All right, that's been my time. Thank you so much, Michelle Kelly. I love you. <laughs> Vishal, thank you to everyone who performed, and thank you to our audience for being here tonight. We got to rank Jonas Brothers, uh, which was really the highlight of my evening. I was hoping that was going to happen at some point. I'm Amanda G. Thank you, Mutiny Radio listeners. Let's have a good night. Thank you all. Bughouse Square, thank you for doing what you got to do to do. Thank you, contributors. Good bunch this week. Uh, have a, uh, a good uh, week coming up. And, and try to be good to those around you and try to understand those who you don't. Every time I look at you, I don't understand Why you let the things you did get so out of hand You'd have managed better if you'd had it planned through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for being tuned in to MutinyRadio.fm. 
I'm your host of Joke Workshop, Pam Benjamin. Hey, it's a Monday. It's 6 o'clock. It's time to get started. It's a Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yay! Yay! What are we... What kinds of crazy things do we do here at Joke Workshop? Uh, comedians do four-minute sets. There's four minutes of critique. The show is as good as the people in the audience because nobody wants to hear my comments the whole time. So I'm back here taking notes. I hope you guys all have a pencil and a paper and you're taking notes too because we're all here to help each other. It's community. Help each other with tags, whatever. Hey, if you're up on stage and you do your four minutes and people aren't saying stuff, it's your four minutes of critique. Lead us. Tell us. Ask us questions. What did, which punchline do you need help on? What do you want tags on? What are you doing with your life? Et cetera, et cetera. We, we, really, are, we really are here to help here at Joke Workshop. Uh, so, with that being said, your first comedian just recently had a killer show last week. He has a bunch of killer shows because SRGO Productions. I don't know if it's like Sergo or if it's Sergio. Anyways, uh, it's a great production company, and they're doing really, really great stuff. Uh, before I even get to that, tell everybody, please, please, please remember to donate $2 to Mutiny Radio. It's how we keep the doors open. We really appreciate your $2. But your first comedian of the night, uh, what an amazing producer. It really was a stacked, stacked show. And um, I didn't know that he did drag until that night. And now I understand him so much better. Please put your hands together for your first comedian of the night, everybody. Sergio Navoa. For the, <laughs> for the record, Pam, I don't do drag. The fact that it was my birthday and there was a drag show, I thought I surprised everyone. And while the show was happening, I was transformed in the back. And I just transformed in the back room. And I just... You, I don't know if you saw, but yes. I saw it on the internet. You murdered on it. On the internet. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to start your time now. Oh, all right. <clears throat> Hi, you guys. My name is Sergio. Uh, straight men are gentrifying gay culture. Yeah, some of my gayest friends are straight men. <laughs> they asked me to go to straight bars with them and critique women's outfits. Uh, we only work out to impress the other men at the gym. And I can't go to brunch without running into my straight male friends. But there is one difference between us. Um, I don't manscape. <laughs> men are constantly coming out to me as straight. Um, I thought only gay people had to come out. What's first there's Queer Eye, now they're coming out, what's next? They'll take over gay bars. And I say this because all my straight male friends are always saying, yo, let's go to a straight bar so I can pick up chicks. Bro, <clears throat> that's like a vegan going to a steakhouse for a salad. For a salad. <laughs> that's how it starts. Gay bars are the gateway to gay town. They go there for Cindy, but they go home with Sergio. <laughs> but straight men have the worst pickup lines. Ladies, you think you have it bad? Try being a gay man getting hit on by a straight man in a gay bar. I always get the, bro, if I were gay, I would totally have sex with you. <clears throat> and I'm like, bro, I am gay, and I would totally not have sex with you. I don't do by curious. To play with me, you gotta be able to take it like a man. <laughs> this one guy would not take no for an answer. He kept coming at me this way, he was coming at me this way. He didn't come on me, he just kept coming at me. Now, I love to travel, 
And if you've never been to Colombia, cancel whatever it is you're doing tomorrow and go. Colombians are some of the friendliest people. My first night there, I was offered Coke and coffee. <clears throat> I don't drink coffee. Yes, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh shit, I lost where I was. Oh, also Colombians don't have cocktails. You basically get a bottle and shot glasses. The hangover is free with purchase. They have this drink called aguardiente, which basically means bitter water. And the next day I figured out why people, the expression uh, praying to the porcelain gods finally made sense.